0: welcome to puzzling company your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries here are your hosts jared and zach
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Puzzling Company, and today we're going to be on episode four, which is going to be on Maddox Lost Treasure. Uh, It is your host, Zach, and always with me is... It's Jared. Hey, Jared. Welcome back.
2: I I like doing the, like you do the, it's Zach,
1: it's Jared. Yeah, it's pretty funny. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, welcome back, guys. Uh, On this episode, we're going to be talking about Maddox Lost Treasure uh, from Society of
2: Curiosities. I hope you guys enjoy. baby. Dude, I played the best game last night
1: um jared i thought we played all our games together
2: well well, traditionally we do but this game was designed to be played by yourself it's called box one and it's a new game from neil patrick harrison theory 11
1: jared i'm hurt what am i supposed to just believe that there's clearly this made-up story of a game that's meant for only one person and you couldn't even come up with something more clever than just box one okay you know what i'm done call me when there's a box two
2: well, if you're not salty and you're looking for a truly awesome single-player experience, head to your local Target to pick up Box One. If you don't have or know what Target is, beg Angela Lawson Scott to ship you a copy internationally.
1: Welcome back, guys. Uh, we are actually going to be going straight into our first segment, um, which is going to be where we're going to kind of talk about the things that we liked about this experience and kind of the things that we thought maybe were like a little bit room for improvement and stuff like that. Uh, this will just be kind of a part where we kind of discuss those more in depth.
2: What we're digging into today, as we mentioned in our intro, is the first game. Uh, I would say the first uh delivery game. They yes. do they do have Society Curiosities does have other games available that are digital. Yes. And I would say on the whole, this was a freaking awesome game. I think saying awesome game, even the way you said it, I think is still understating how good this game was god like it was um it's just it was just it just caught me off guard in the best way
1: yeah it was a game that i wasn't sure how i was gonna actually feel when we first got it uh but it blew it out of the water i yeah we'll talk about it more in a little bit uh but specifically there is something that is from this game that jared will tell you i annoy him with because i always still remember it <laughs> And it makes me think about it all the time.
2: I think the best way I can describe this game, and maybe we should develop a new section with Jared's off-the-wall analogies. Okay. If you've ever seen Big Hero 6, Oh, no. at the beginning, Yep. there is the the little robot made up of the little pieces that beats the bigger, badder robot. Yes. That's how I felt about this game. I, I, I was the bigger, better robot, and I looked at this game, and I was like, I don't know what, I don't think this is going to be anything like, Mm. And then I got punched in the freaking face by, by how this good game, by yeah. how good this game was. Yeah, so, it was so definitely we're... a uh, like a.
1: I would say it's almost like a transformer. It was. A, it was a, a great. Tra- it was a great puzzle hunt hidden in disguise. <laughs> well,
2: it's not a. It was just a good. game. I don't, I'm called a puzzle hunt.
1: Sure, yeah. I guess a
2: game or yeah, yeah. a puzzle experience. It, it was. It was a great game, and uh, and we're we're super pumped to talk about it. So we wanted. We're going to dive right in with our. Three things that we really liked or love, and then as we always do, we will have some constructive criticism to dive into in the second part of this segment. Yep. Um, but the first thing that, and I'm I'm excited that I get to open up about this one because I talk about this a lot. Yeah. There is a system that I think should be rapidly imitated by other game creators in in not even in the game. Like, I'm not even in the game yet, and yeah. that's how much I love this game. A lot of other people give you a soundtrack, different things that you can do. Um, they follow up with you after the play the game. I haven't found such an, a level of intentionality even outside of the game as I have found so far with Society of Curiosities. They give you drink options, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. They tell you what costumes you can wear. Their system online is set up to give you a score for how you do in the game. The follow-up emails are addressed from the leader of the organization which we'll jump into later. And if you sign up to do it quarterly, you're not even done with the game when you finish the game. Nope. Not even close it's to being done. It's so thorough and it's so engaging. Like you just have so much that you can invest in. It's 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 got something for everybody. Yeah, I
1: agree. There's definitely a few other games we've played that I think have done this a little bit. And I mean it in the terms of little bit compared to what right. society Curiosity has done.
2: Th- not to the extent, like I'm trying to think of like, are they going to tell me like, what are they going to tell me to do next? I probably will do it.
1: I mean, they're going to tell us our sleep schedule, who to our murder. So- <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things that the society of curiosity could tell us and we'd probably do it with how much they set it up for
2: us. Maybe we should be concerned with how much they can affect our behavior. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. But that's neither here nor there. But suffice it to say, like, when you dive into the systems that they have built around the game, mm-hmm. it's just well done.
1: Very, very it's well done. super,
2: super well done. And like I said, we haven't even gotten into the game itself, which was fantastic. Yeah. But we we really enjoyed those intentional things that happen in and around the game That's that set up to build an already immersive game into maybe more than a game. Yeah. And we'll, we're going to dive into that a little bit more. What else? What else did we really love about this game?
1: I, I think I really, I specifically really like this. I know Jared did as well. Yeah, uh, the use of tech to drive the immersion right. of this game.
2: And we don't want to spoil anything here. Yeah. So we're going to try to speak as broadly as possible. But tell tell me what sold you on this game? Okay, the system that is
1: used to drive the story and solve puzzles is insanely cool yes that is as vague as i can say it um it just does a really good job of communicating with you as that you are someone a part of this this organization yes uh trying to find out about maddox lost treasure and it really really sells that like okay i'm in this group and what is currently happening is communicating really really well with me and setting up that like i am a member of this
2: absolutely i'll put it i'll put it like this okay um there are interactable characters, yes, and what's really great about those characters that further drives home is the immersion is in a standard game, mm-hmm. locks or something mechanical would be the gating to the adventure, yeah, mostly it's the characters in this game, yeah, and that's what makes it so freaking real and believable and immersive is. How how they've just managed the uh, entire way that this game is played is is really 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 cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing that we really loved about this is um, I know that before they started doing Society of Curiosities, that um, the owners were making escape rooms yep. and they the thing the specific thing we want to hone in is that there's layered puzzles here. Yeah. I don't remember a puzzle that we jumped into where we finished one part of it. And that was the answer. Yeah. Right.
1: It definitely continued going on. Right.
2: To the point where, you know, we were like, we thought we would get all of the information we needed to solve puzzles, but we didn't. Yeah. And that was just really, really fun. Yeah. Um, And and there were also puzzles in there. And we talk about this, that um, I love a good puzzle that when I have to ask for a hint, and I get the hints, I can look at myself and be like, well played. Like, yep. we blew it. It was a really good puzzle. I just didn't figure it out, and we had a couple of those moments in this game to where we were like, like, like you, you got us. Yeah. Like, you got us, and, and it, it was just super well done. But overall, this game just, it, it takes you by surprise.
1: It's, it, yeah, I, I think the way that it immerses you in this game is just nothing you would expect. Yes. It's it's crazy the way that it feels like you're just so involved with this game and that how everything else in it just feeds into that even harder.
2: Yes. And I want to put it like this, and then I want to move into the dislikes because we're going to, especially when I get to the questions for you in segment two, we're going to yeah. dive more into what makes this game really great. Mm-hmm. But uh, the best way I can say this is the world that it builds and the world that it doesn't build freaks you out man like yeah. uh and and, and we'll, we'll dive more into that because i don't want to give too much away we're trying to be talk about it without talking about it yeah uh but i man i just really enjoyed this game and, it was a lot of fun and i'm uh i'm hyped to play the next missions that they have for us like yes it was just super well done you got like if uh society of curiosities out there listening michelle and you seen if you guys are out there We think you knocked it out of the park. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. You were the love we didn't know we needed. That's true. It's true. All right. We're going to tack into a section right now where we talk about where we feel like there could be some room for improvement. Yeah. And again, we say this every time. We're not trying to trash games. Work. i i am Zach. i think they suck Zach. and i'm
1: just so tired of everyone being okay if you can't tell that's sarcasm no this is a section that we're just trying we love the games just as much as anyone else does yeah and some of these games i think we love more than some people Ooh. you know sometimes when i go to bed at night i have my coin you know from manix lost treasure <laughs> and i i just i dream that maybe one day i can do more with it um But, you know, uh, these games are great, and we just want them, you know, like anything, we want improvements because we want the next version to be even better than the last one. Absolutely. Uh, And, you know, creators want feedback. Sometimes when we talk to people, and like you guys know, sometimes these people, because of how small it is, they don't get a lot of feedback. So being able to help give them more constructed opinions or, you know, criticisms is is always great. Yes. Um, But, yeah, the first thing I think we wanted to talk about uh, was its beginning. Um, In my opinion, I think it was a little sluggish. Um, and this is honestly for like the first maybe ten minutes of the game, yeah, um, it's literally just because it it has to do this, right? Um, it's kind of that thing where it has to give you like a an opening and kind of discuss who these people are, what you're doing, how the system works, and stuff like that. Um, but after that point, I think it 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 blows you out of the water how cool it gets. yeah,
2: it kicks into high gear. You're just not you're not sure what you're dealing with, yeah, right. And because of that, we opened up our envelope. We were met with the items that were in that envelope, yep. and I think it was very intentional from Society of Curiosities that maybe we're not we're not going to onboard you in a traditional way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I I think it it may be intentional, but it did. We were a little thrown off at the beginning of the game because. There wasn't necessarily this big signposting. Start here, yeah, right. And we we kind of had to wrestle and look through things. And I think that's true of any new experience. But it did. It felt a little slow at the beginning, um, but that wasn't the end of the world. Like I, I think we're no. I think we're digging for this game oh, to really we really are to really. But I I will say that that was something we remembered. We talked about. Um, maybe a little bit more signposting to an opening yeah. could could be a little helpful there. Not not by no means the end of the world. Uh the second thing that we wanted to talk about was uh we're calling this a transition of reality. Yeah. What beyond the technology, mm-hmm. beyond the great characters, beyond the really cool physical elements, one of the reasons we and we know other people like this game so much is Um, There's a transition of reality that hits – that there's a moment in this game where um, – I'm struggling to say this without saying it. The game gets bigger.
1: Yeah. I think there's a part in this game because I'm going to try to say it as well that doesn't spoil it. There is a specific part about like halfway through the game that you've kind of known where, you know, like the game immerses you into it, so you feel like it's, you, you know that it's an experience, yes. but you don't feel like it's fully there yet. Yes. And then there's one specific part in the game where it makes the transition to where, and like I so said, this almost isn't really a room for improvement or something that we did. It's almost like, it's almost a backhanded compliment of how good this was. Yes. But there's a part where you go, okay, I can't tell if this is part of the game or if we're actually about to do something that we're not supposed to do because right. of how realistic right. it is.
2: No, you said it perfectly. It's, it's, if you've ever seen The Matrix, if you've ever seen Truman Show, yeah. there's a moment where the world that we thought we were in is not True.
1: Yeah, like it almost said it, it's supposed to be more fictional or not as, as true. And yes. then like so that one moment goes, okay, this is real life and you almost <laughs> are very scared that you're about to do something that you're not supposed right. to technically do. Right,
2: because the they do a good job of vaguely chafing what is real and not what is not real in this game. Yeah. But I will say the way that they did it and, and a, a, a small constructive criticism is I wish I would have known that it was okay to – fully jump into everything
1: yeah the the one moment like i said because i I did this part specifically where we felt this reality transition exactly was that when i did it i looked at jared and i went okay jared there's a chance what i'm about to do is gonna work or i'm potentially gonna be in a weird spot after this yeah
2: like we've broken the rules correct and they didn't mean us to do this yeah yeah. I, well, I will give them credit.
1: They do give you information, actually, at the very beginning that sure. would tell you to do what you're about to do. Right. But it feels so... But they like, set you up for that. Correct. They set you up, but it feels... it don't, For us, like I said, it just felt like it's a really big jump in tr- like reality transition where you're like, okay, this feels like, like I said, this is kind of like a more quote-unquote made-up, and then this part goes, okay, this is very realistic and what I'm about to do, can decide what I'm about to do for the next little bit of my time.
2: I agree. Like, it yeah. just... Um, It's like you said, it's a backhanded compliment, Yeah, but but it felt like they could have um, eased us into our, like, we could have been like an old man slipping into a hot tub, but instead, it's a really (laughs) interesting, but but instead it felt like they threw us in the middle of winter into a cold pool and they're like, no, no, you're going to love this. But we were, we, we did it and we were like, uh, and it felt like if you were a player that was only willing to live in the world that was built in the first part of the game, it could be a little off-putting that they wanted you to jump into this new reality. Yeah. and maybe didn't give you enough uh rationale to do that.
1: Or I think what they could have done, like because I really don't want to spoil the clue that this is involved with specifically. If there was a way to know that it was more, and maybe like said, so this is something that we just had to look back on because I think when I did yes. look back at it, it did look more like. It was supposed to be kind of a a quote-unquote joke or supposed to be more fake looking yes but it, it was pretty convincing that it i mean they did a good job with making it look real because that's yes. part of the game Yes, but also i think there was a few parts in it that after we did the clue and i went okay that worked and it was really cool i went okay maybe when i look back at it there's probably some things i didn't look at it well enough but i think in general it's still convincing that like if if it wasn't us two and i didn't do it there's a chance if I was playing this by myself, or with someone else that didn't know how to this stuff worked. I might have contacted them and be like, "Hey, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to do this because this feels like really, yes, like random almost. Yes. Not random, but it feels like it's not supposed to happen.
2: Right. And yep. and uh, I would uh, attribute it to, uh, like in the escape room world, like that we if you're an escape room fan, you know there's some games where you do things that you're traditionally not supposed to do. Yeah. And uh, but it, it, it's also well done. And it's very again, well done. we very much so digging um for minute things that they could change if if we're talking about hey is there one big thing that you think that they should change during this game mm-hmm. I think the answer is a resounding no yeah yeah it was fantastic it was very fantastic it was we we it really it really really won us over now this last critique constructive criticism it's a little personal it's true uh do you mind if I lead out on this
1: i don't know Jared. Uh,
2: you know what cuz i'm i'm I, I don't. You know what? I'm. I'm gonna be honest, Jared. I'm so
1: upset by it. I think I'm just gonna let you do it. Okay. I, I, if I say it, I think I'm just gonna go off. All right? Okay.
2: I. I personally uh, feel belittled by um, Aldora Pennywig. Freaking Pennywig. If you don't know who Aldora Pennywig is, he is the. I believe his title is the Grand Master. He. He is one of the lead people. The, the. The head of the Society of Curiosities. Yes. I'm personally uh, a little upset with him. Freaking Pennywig. Uh, Reason why is follows. We had such a great time playing this game that we reached out to Aldora and said, hey, we're ready for our next case. And Aldora came back and said, you will be in three months. And I don't know where Aldora gets off. I I understand we're new to the organization. I swear. You got to pay your dues. But we're hyped here. Like, clearly, I think our score – suggests that we did a very good job working on Maddox Lost Treasure, and now, oh, you're going to have to wait three months for the Posey ring? How dare he? I, I, I don't get it. Here's the thing, all right? We
1: we popped off, okay? As I say, <laughs> we we blew it out of the water, and I I took off time, and I worked really hard for this, and then they just go, hey, you're not good enough to do it yet. We're going to make you train more, and I'm just like...
2: I don't get it. Why? We worked well with our with Alphonse and Steiner. Yes. And I I I, I felt like our feedback received from them would have been very positive.
1: Dude, we got five-star reviews on Yelp. I, I don't I, understand I don't, how we couldn't I, I don't just get immediately it. get the next case. I, I,
2: I don't get it. So, it, Aldora, if you're out there listening, I think we have the potential to be your top agents. I, I, please, please promote I us. I welcome a case per week if you will give it to me. Um, we we just want to do a good job. We'd, What's the deal? Come on, Dude,
1: I have a family to feed. How <laughs> dare you not pay me more and give me more cases? This is getting upsetting.
2: Uh, all of that is to say, like we just really enjoyed this game. It 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 um it took us by surprise. It's something mm. that comes in a tiny package, but opens is a doorway to a much larger, greater world.
1: Yeah, th- this game is definitely a blast. It like I said, even for like we talked about the for rooms for improvement, there are things obviously we think that could be improved. But we very much digged for this game. Yeah. It was very much such a solid game all around. And uh, if you're ever interested in it, you definitely should play this one. Yeah. This definitely is, the,
2: I think it's a must play from us for sure. All right. That's going to wrap us up for our first segment Puzzles to the People next.
0: Solve puzzles, write reviews, win prizes. It's time for Puzzles to the People.
2: Zach, you never responded to my email about the rally next week. The rally? Yeah, dude, they're trying to tear down the old tree off of Maine. That's a batcoon habitat.
1: I think you mean raccoon.
2: <laughs> Zach, next thing you know, you'll be calling swore-gators alligators.
1: Swore-gators? Bat-coons? Jared, what are you talking about?
2: Dude, everyone knows that the American Society for the Protection of Magical Creatures spends countless hours trying to preserve the habitat of these magical and magnificent creatures. Do you want your kids growing up in a world where there's no lobguins? Do I? Well, that's a fair question. Lobguins are actually very temperamental creatures, but sometimes I can do without them. But What everyone should do is head over to theaspmc.org, that's T-H-E-A-S-P-M-C.org, and sign up to help their investigations. Only you can prevent the extinction of these magical creatures. All right, welcome back, everybody. As you know, this is the section we called Puzzles to the People. One, because, always a reminder, we give away puzzles to the people. That's part of what we want to do. We do do that, yes. So uh, if you would like a copy of Maddox Lost Treasure... You should go to Society of Curiosities page, Mm -hmm. like it. Then you should head over to Puzzling Company Facebook page. You should like it, and boom, you're automatically entered. Boom. And at the end of the month, we'll let you know if you're the winner. But what we do in this segment is I have five questions for Zach. Some of them are comments that people have left, uh, reviews that people have left, and we either read the entire reviews or pull from those certain comments. Yeah. And we ask Zach to respond to them first, and then I either – Agree or disagree with Zach's Agree or Disagree. Yeah. Um, so we're super excited with the amount of people that left reviews for this one. And we are going to jump right into Puzzles to the People. Yep. All right. So question number one is really a response to a review. Actually, a fellow reviewer from the Armchair Escapist. Ooh, nice. Shout out to Armchair Escapist. Go check them out as well on yes. social media. They do yes, great yes. reviews as well. Uh Armchair has said, This opening adventure from Society of Curiosities is one of the most immersive and satisfying games I've played. A great deal of care has been taken to make sure that you feel like an adventurer every step of the way. Playing through Maddox Lost Treasure, you don't feel like you're just solving puzzles. You feel like you're taking part in a huge discovery and the interactions with your quote-unquote team at the Society only strengthen this. I finished this mission invigorated and hungry for more adventure. Zach... Are we on board with Armchair Escapists? Are we aligning our interests with what they have to say?
1: Man, if only we didn't talk about all this earlier. <laughs> uh, we, I think I strong, at least I will say, I strongly agree with this. Um, this game is phenomenal on every set I can think of. Um, it's just a very satisfying game. You can very much tell, like uh, Armchair Escapist said as well, you can tell a great deal of care has gone into this to make this whole thing feel like you are the adventurer.
2: Yes. Um, and like, we didn't talk about that earlier. The, yeah. the way that they position you in the game is incredibly unique.
1: Yeah, you going on these on this adventure specifically this adventure, but all the other ones you will potentially go on in the society um, is just really really fun. Um, the way that you, like I said, uh, they kind of talk about as well the interactions with your team, quote unquote, um, is really 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 fun. It just it's just a, it's crazy how fun this game feels like it, like they said too um they said that they felt like uh it wasn't like you were just solving puzzles you felt like you were taking big steps and like discovering something really big yes it definitely was that there was never a point that we were doing a clue and it felt like oh we're just doing a clue it literally felt like we're like okay if we do this clue then maybe we can find out more about where the treasure is yeah and then if this we do this we can find out where this was
2: absolutely it was it was crazy I I think because the interactions are conversational yeah. and the position that they put you in mm-hmm. to be doing, like, it felt very real that we would be sitting here at our computer doing this. Yes. There was a team on the ground. Yeah. Usually games try to frame you as the team on the ground. Yeah. Right? like. Imagine yourself in the dark, dense, magical forest. And I think imagination is an important part of any game. But sure. this game set you up in a believable role. Yeah. A 100% believable role. And I enjoyed that. Yep. Like, I was the expert at home helping out with the investigation. And that made it more immersive. Yep. So many, I agree, so many elements of care to make sure that you feel like you're playing your role in the adventure. So yep. I'm on board. I, I totally agree. My second question for you is uh, another quote, and this is from Brent. Shout out to Brent for taking the time to leave a review. Uh, He said, This is the most immersive game I've played with puzzles that fit the story and feel authentic to the experience. I cannot rate this game high enough. Wow.
1: This is going to be a hard one to pick if I disagree or agree with it. (laughs)
2: Uh, No, I, I completely agree.
1: I there, like I said, there's been a lot of games that the immersiveness has has been really cool. It's definitely something that I look at immediately if a game can make me feel like I'm there. Yes, I I think I can agree. I think this is the most immersive game I've ever played that has puzzles and yes. kind of has a story that's driven with them. It's just. Yeah, uh, we. I I don't know if I can stress it enough because I feel like I'm just repeating myself at this point. But I it, think
2: it's worth repeating. Like it's, it's so good it's at so how good.
1: much I felt like that. I was you know the adventurer. Or the, like I said, the person at base trying to help figure out stuff for the team and all that kind of stuff. It right. was crazy. I
2: think if uh, I I agree. I do think it is the most immersive. Does that make it the best game I've ever played? I think it's up there.
1: It's, this is definitely, because yeah, we, we've talked about games that we really like, or yeah. we actually have our own list, which we, we kind of keep to ourselves yeah. of our favorite games. This one, at least for me, and I think also for Jared, is, is it's, pretty it's, up there. It's high, it's high up it's there. It's very high up there.
2: Yeah, so I, I agree. If you're looking for a sense of immersion in an at-home game, yeah. uh, Society of Curiosities, Matic Flush Treasure kills that. So Brent, we're, we're on board with you, man. We're, we're totally right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, question number three. This is from James at Puzzled Reality. James, thanks for getting with us and leaving a review. James says, I loved the immersive nature. The multimodal storytelling and puzzle experience made the suspension of disbelief simple and enduring. My question is not for a third time is this the most immersive, but is, do you know what multimodal means? No. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going
1: to try to act and be like, yeah, of course I know. But immediately looking at that word, I, I don't know.
2: James James brought out the big dictionary for us on this. All multimodal means is they were using different elements, layered elements, yeah, to solve. So yes. Oh,
1: of course, yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: That, uh, oh, oh, you said uh-huh. multimodal. Yeah. Oh <laughs>
1: uh-huh. yes, me I, and my wine. <laughs> I understood that word instantly. I thought you
2: said uh, multimodal, which but they of said course,
1: multimillionaire. Like how much I make every day. Sure.
2: No, I, I, I just, that was just a fun one in there to trip, trip Zach up. Like it, 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 it's so layered. It is a wonderful storytelling element Yep. on and on great game. Great. Great. All right. Now we're going to get into some, uh, some rougher seas if you were for a pirate game. Okay. True or false. The digital experience of Maddox outshines the physical aspects of Maddox. Ooh, that's actually a great question.
1: Oh man. Okay. Now I have a question for you because I do sure. want a little bit of clarification. Sure. Without saying much about it, the communication aspect, do we count that as di-
2: That's digital. Okay. I want to count that okay, as then, digital. Okay, then
1: yeah. Okay. This is easy then. Yeah. Yes. I think I, I think I can agree. I think the digital experience of this game outshines the physical aspect. Now keep in mind, without telling you too much about the game, I think there's more of a digital experience than there is technically a physical.
2: Like if you're saying percentageally. Yes. Okay.
1: It, it, that maybe I don't remember like maybe I don't remember every physical aspect of this game really old, but I I mean if you ask me all the digital aspects I can tell you all of them. Sure. So you you um,
2: you remember them very vividly. Yes. yes.
1: So I think that the digital experience is just so good that it definitely outshines the physical aspects. Not saying that the physical aspects weren't that they were bad. They were actually really solid. There's a few specific physical parts of the game that I thought were really cool, and I actually talked about one of them earlier, and I I, I actually liked that certain item from
2: the game a lot. Sure. I'm gonna disagree with you.
1: Oh, <laughs> Jared, disagree with me. I never thought this would happen.
2: I, uh, I, I thought it was incredibly well balanced, really, and, and that was kind of shocking for me because the envelope that you receive this stuff in yeah. is nothing extraordinary, right? Yeah. It's still themed very well, appropriately, it's very themed. Yeah. Like it, but you hold it, and it's it it's it's like I said earlier, it's the little opening robot from Hero. It's very unassuming, doesn't present itself as this big, amazing puzzle experience. Yeah. But I thought it was – it kept pushing you back and forth. And mm-hmm. and as I say every episode, physical elements are super important to me. Yeah. That helps drive some of the immersion as well because I, I want to – I want to taste it. I want to touch you like it. Like the I want feeling to, of it. I like the feeling of it. Yeah. Like and 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 they don't they don't. I don't think they come up short on those elements either.
1: No, 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 no. I think the physical aspects of the game. Like I said, there's a. I just felt like percentage wise, there's definitely more of a digital aspect than there sure. is a, a percentage physical, wise. There is. But yes. I I think I could almost get with you that I think the few physical aspects that I really really liked really blew out of the water how good they were. Yes, for it a physical was solid. Aspect.
2: Like it yeah. it um. I think you would know from a physical puzzling experience that Michelle and Yasin are previous escape room owners. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I didn't expect the digital, the digital, uh, the, aspect, the digital or, aspect. Yeah. But I do think it. I do think it is like a fairly balanced game, and mm-hmm. and I think that adds to the goodness of it because we don't. We talk a lot about types of puzzles, yeah. puzzle diversity, the kind of some of the buzzwords, but we don't often talk about balance yeah. in games. Okay, this this is going to divide a lot of people. Question number five, and this is mostly a question, f- and will only make sense to people that have played this game. Yes, but it is a question that, in our opinion, deserves asking. If you're in a bar fight, okay, and Steiner is there, okay, and Alphonse is there, Ooh. who who's who's your ride or die? Like who? Like if I'm
1: going to get in a bar fight?
2: Yeah, like if 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 like if you've stirred up some trouble as you often do at bars.
1: And yeah, I'm always
2: who you know, who do you maybe. hope that you had there with you to back you up?
1: Okay. So I, I do have a question for this. Yes. Okay. I'm at a bar fight. Now, am I going in against like another society that's came up and they're like, hey, I think you guys suck. And it's like almost like a, a high school rivalry kind of thing? Or is yeah, it that, I think or is it more some, just like some random dude I just got upset with? I
2: think it's a rough and tumble game. Like you're Ooh, okay. You know, like uh, pick your classic movie where there's that you, you know, you've upset maybe uh it's a, a bar of uh a certain, like an old West bar, and you're the new law in town. I'm the... And who do you hope is your deputy, Steiner Ooh. or Alphonse? Okay.
1: You know what? I'm sorry. I'll answer the question. Thank you. Okay. This is going to be a hot topic. And I think I'm 100% correct with my answer. It's 100% Steiner. That's garbage. <laughs> okay. No, Steiner. Okay. If you've played the game, Steiner hard carries. And is the best wingman for the whole second part of the game. Um I think alphonse is is a great guy, you know, but if I'm gonna get like out in the back alley and I have to beat up you know some people who are trying to steal Maddox's lost treasure, you know, I'm taking Steiner with me
2: okay i've I've since Zach was talking, pulled up our text history with both, oh, okay. Alphonse actually has a brain okay okay (laughs) like nope i understand you want braun in a bar fight but steiner in my opinion is just going to take it too far
1: I don't know if you remember Steiner. Steiner's pretty intelligent. But, okay, sure, you can take your guy who's, I'm gonna do all of the math equations in the corner (laughs) while you're getting beat up to pulp in the corner by the three gang members. You know, he might be able to call the ambulance afterwards and then tell him, like, what his IQ was for that afternoon. But Steiner, me and him can beat him up, go back into the bar and have more drinks.
2: Alphonse is the Sherlock Holmes of bar fighters. He is equal parts intellect and just think of that scene from the Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. in there where okay, he's pre- where he's pre-mapping out what he is going to do.
1: Discombobulate
2: that yes, scene? to discombobulate yeah. okay. that other person. That's what I've got on my squad. And if you and Steiner want to throw down a little 2v2, I'll be more than happy to just watch Alphonse take both of you out while I enjoy a beer.
1: Okay. You know what? I so want to do this. So Sunday, Sunday, Sunday night at your at your local bar, you're going to be seeing the heavyweight championship between Alphonse and Steiner, including Jared and Zach, because we're really not going to be part of it. We're basically just going to get instant defeated. Yeah,
2: If uh, uh, Michelle and you seen if you're listening, if there's a way to figure out how to have this out, we would be um, more than interested in exploring that with you guys. I also
1: would like a physical, I, I also want like pictures of what these characters were supposed to look like because now I've built up Steiner to be this great, huge dude who is a crazy strong, but also intelligent. And then also apparently Jared has decided he has Sherlock Holmes on his team. So I, I do Sherlock
2: Holmes ask. I'm just saying that's, that's how I in picture Alphonse throwing down.
1: Sure. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's okay. just me. That's just me. But I think we've tackled some important questions. During I think this that's the sections. most important question we had to some ask. Peop- some questions that people back home are really dying to know. And that's, uh, that's going to wrap us up for section number two. We'll be back in a second with questions for creators.
0: There are some awesome people who make the puzzles we love to solve. This is Questions for Creators. Welcome
1: back, guys. Uh, we are now into our final segment of the episode that is questions for creators. Uh, if you haven't heard this before, uh, in this section, this is a free space for the creators to actually just discuss the questions we've asked them. Uh, this is a little bit different than the average interview that you've probably seen. Uh, in most interviews you've probably listened to or seen like live, uh, it's kind of just a back and forth. Sometimes like the person interviewing kind of gets to cut in a little bit and discuss it more. Uh, but we've decided to let this be a free space for them to discuss what they want to. Uh, so it's all pre-recorded. Um, so you're going to kind of hear our questions as us talking to them. It'll sound very conversational. Uh, But we've given them the questions beforehand and that it will be just kind of their time to kind of talk and, you know, let them have the space they need.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So we're super excited to be talking with Michelle and Yassine. Yes. And ask them some questions about how they were able to come up with such a great game. Yeah. So Michelle and Yassine, our first question for you is, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how this project came about?
0: All right. I'm Yassine. And I'm Michelle. Um, and, uh, this project came about, uh, from the escape room business world. So we, uh, owned and operated the business, uh, escape room in Hawaii and we, um, we were doing great, but we felt like we couldn't share our craft with a lot of people because, uh, it's a small population and visitors who come to Hawaii, (laughs) unless it rains, I mean, we're not really competing with the beach and the the, the hiking and all that. <laughs> zip
3: so. even though zip lining is not that much fun. They should have done the escape room.
0: <laughs> so we actually started uh, looking at the market of subscription um, games and escape rooms in a box about two, three years ago. And then we started planning in 2019, um, our first game. So when the pandemic hit, we hit the overdrive button and went full speed ahead, but we had the foundation already built. um, So we were able to uh, get started pretty quickly.
3: Yeah, and then a little bit about ourselves. Um, I have a background in education and psychology. Um, I taught um, digital media for 10 years. So video production, Photoshop, Illustrator, all that fun stuff. Uh, And then I was also a wedding videographer. Uh, so some media media skills there.
0: And I'm a software engineer by trade. So all the hybrid components with the web interactions, I do that. And I also was uh, a Dungeons and Dragons blogger from 2007 to <laughs> 2010. Started what became the biggest D&D blog on the internet at and the then, time at the time, <laughs> and then I sold that, uh, did a little bit of freelance writing for Wizards of the Coast, uh, and I've been a game master for twenty five years. So that's my gaming background.
1: How have you used your sensibilities as escape room creators and making your at home games?
3: Well, um we before starting the escape the subscription game, we created escape rooms for almost four years. So, you know, we had almost ten games under our belt, including a couple of games that we had created just for fun for our friends before getting into the industry. So, you know, we had a good idea of difficulty. We had an idea of kind of a of a puzzle flow, kind of that little roller coaster you take people on while playing a game, and, as well as as well as types of puzzles. That those are the chickens in the background, by the way. <laughs> sure, you can't edit that out. But as well as like types of puzzles that that people like and really resonate with because when you get to watch players as an escape room owner and designer you get so much feedback um that you wouldn't normally get if you just mail something out so we were really fortunate to have all those years of watching people interact with our puzzles
0: yeah that is a uh huge element of game design if you've seen with your own eyes like a thousand puzzle games escape room games like played in front of you 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 know a lot of things intuitively, but even then, one thing that we knew in a way we still do, and it's never fun, is you have to keep your um, your ego in check and the love of the puzzles you design in check, because what we think is going to be awesome doesn't always make it past beta testing, and then you have to uh, kill your own child. Your beautiful puzzle that was so elegant and subtle, but it's just like nobody gets it, so... So uh, we've been through that for years and years. So that helps a lot to design uh, these games. And we ditch those puzzles early instead of like latching on <laughs> and trying to make them work. You're like, you know what, let's change the whole thing or just ditch it. And uh, I think that helps make games faster and better.
2: What do you guys think your game does really well and what makes them unique?
0: I think... Our games, what we do really well is we use uh, the puzzle games as a storytelling medium. So the story is really f- uh, front uh, at the front of the experience. And we really try to make uh, the puzzles within the story with a very good reason that we can explain as to why nobody else found this or solved this and why you, the player, the adventurer, or the researcher in most of our games can swoop in and save the day. We, even though we don't explain it always in the game, we we spend a ridiculous amount of time <laughs> in house here discussing like, but why? And uh, it's really frustrating and not the fun part of the process. But uh, I think it matters at the end.
3: It's some of our hardest conversations. You know, like kind of going back to talking about loving our puzzles. We might love a concept, but how do you make that concept work within the story? Like why would someone find an item or why would they find a combination to a lock that no one else has found? And of course there's some suspension of belief. We all do it in games um, or else it would be an incredibly hard game that no one wants no wanna play, but it still has to make sense and it can't make sense loosely for us. Like there are games where things are loosely themed and you know what you're getting into and it's fine. But that's not what our that's not what the Society of Curiosities does. We are firmly rooted in reality and and in adventure. So we 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 deal with that genre a lot. And then adventure is the other thing we do well. So Society of Curiosities should feel like an adventure. That's our genre. So whether you're looking for pirate treasure or uh, you know exploring an abandoned archaeological site. You should feel like you're an adventure movie in some capacity.
0: Yeah, and then the other thing we do well kind of um, goes hand in hand with um, telling a story is um, all our games, you talk with your team on the ground. So there's uh, an uh, AI and you're actually talking to characters and that's our input method for answers to the puzzles so it's, instead of forcing people to find a number or a word or a passphrase you can have a more organic conversation that allows us to reply and tell the story and do some exposition at some points during the game to move on uh, move the story forward
1: give us a little insight into your game development process what does that look like
0: a very messy Google Doc.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we, um, you know, we lay things out and talk things over, but we zig and we zag and we overlap and we do so many passes of a game. So we start with a theme and, and a story. So we figure out what is the story? What is compelling to players? Um,
0: and we start, we try to figure out the two or three cinematic moments that we want people to experience. And we work backwards towards the story. Like when could they fit in the story? Um, what's the uh, appeal at the start of the game to uh, intrigue and uh, generate uh, excitement? And then how do you reach the climax? So we work from the big moments backwards and then we fill in the blank as long as they f- the puzzles and the story works.
3: Yeah, we're we're just constantly going back and forth. It's just like, It's kind of like, um, you know, how you have like a 3D printer and it just keeps going over the layers and making it bigger and more detailed as you print. That's kind of like how our games are. Like we start with something very basic. It's a basic shape. And then we keep layering and layering and layering. And then we go back and say, is this fun? (laughs)
0: Yes.
3: (laughs) And then you have to delete things and and Mm. revise. And then you have to say, do will players understand the story? Because puzzle puzzle solving is a very, and it happens in escape rooms too, but puzzle solving is a very interesting genre that when you're thinking, you're not always thinking about the story. It's so easy to take yourself out because you're really processing. So how do you keep people in the story or how do you remind them of what they're doing in the story and where they're at so it's not lost? Because a story shouldn't be like something that you forget about. That should be your purpose of yourself is the story. So we think about all those things as we do it. And we plan everything together. So we don't, I everyone has their own process, but we don't divide and conquer until the very end parts of the design.
0: Mm-hmm. And something interesting about our design process is the active Creative design part, we usually do less than two hours a day because it is extremely draining. So we'll keep talking about the the, the puzzles uh, throughout the day and like things like yeah, I was thinking about this. Maybe it won't work, or we should do this or that. But the actual like sitting down to work on creative design, we can't do much. It's just really exhausting. And we, I mean, part of it is we say no to each other a lot. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> and then that's exhausting. And then we take breaks. Like we can tell when we're getting frustrated or when we're kind of like hacking away at a puzzle. Well, that's another chicken. But but when we're hacking away at a puzzle and it's not budging, you're like, it's like trying to brute force a lock. Like it's a big lock though. <laughs> so you kind of need to back away and be like, what other information do I need yeah. to make this puzzle? anything else and then the final process is beta testing you know you just have to listen and you have to keep giving keep refining and keep listening and the thing for me that's always hard is not to do knee-jerk reactions you know you do a test and someone just fails miserably at a part you know you have to take that information in but it's probably better to wait a day and really look at it about what's going on, why is this happening? Is this a standalone or should I tweak it before my next beta? So there's a lot of questions there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we don't lead during interviews after a beta tests. We let people talk in their own words, which is just which is hard. It's hard to do because you know we're emotionally invested in the product that we put out. And it's <laughs> beta testing is always rough. So Um, That's an important part of the process.
3: And we watch beta time. We watch or listen to our betas. So we don't send out a game and ask for input. We listen to the process. If it's a one person player, we ask them to puzzle out loud. So we hear their thought process because in, in our puzzle design, we want to funnel everyone towards one answer and listening to people and how they think and where they're gathering their information from really helps us eliminate other possibilities that should not be there.
2: So looking back at Maddox, is there anything that you would change? And if you would change something, what would you change?
0: So we actually uh, changed something in the first puzzle of the game. Uh, we thought, although it was very immersive, it was a little bit heavy on the reading. So we added one clue so people can scan and get started right away. They'll still need to like take in all the material, but you don't have to do it like right off the bat. And I think that's been a, a positive change.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm i happy with the game. There's always things we would change. Um, I go back and forth about the amount of content we give and we're not as content heavy reading wise as some, but there is some reading. So we always think, is there anything we can take out while making it feel real? Like there's a website you go to and how do you maintain realism but give mm-hmm. people what they need right away? Or how do you tell your story in, in a smaller amount of words, because people don't necessarily like to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ending, I, I, the ending has a meta puzzle mm-hmm. that doesn't give anything away, and I don't think people are expecting it. And there's a couple tricky parts to it, so. I'm not sure if I would keep it as is I might make it a little easier because typically when we game design, we like to start use start fast and end fast mm-hmm. and um, the ending is a little slower than I like, although we have a lot of fun things going on in the story to make it interesting. I would have liked to push people a little faster to the ending.
0: Yeah. If we were to redo it, maybe at the very least, add a gimme after the hard puzzle Mm. and that allows you to to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, Minor things like that. And then one aesthetic thing is people like stuff. Uh, Madoc is a pretty tight package. Um, We've found that people just enjoy having two or three extra, extra physical items. It's a big part of the enjoyment uh, and our in our future games we added more things, although the game itself doesn't uh, doesn't really it doesn't really affect the gameplay or the enjoyment or the the satisfaction this is nobody actually complained about it, but it's just something that when we look at how what people latch on when they describe why they enjoyed something um, yeah having stuff
3: yeah and it also photographs better like the more we Madoc, we were thinking mm-hmm. purely about the game and the experience for players from beginning the game. However, the unboxing phase is, is huge too, and the anticipation phase. So we started in our, our episodes after Madoc to start thinking about what does the unboxing feel like? like? Are you really excited from the get-go from the stuff you get? Or is it photo worthy for you to take a picture of? Or when we take a product shot, are you really excited to buy the product? So these are extra things that we have added into our game design and things we think about um, as we design.
0: What can we expect from the future of Society of Curiosities? So um, we uh, are excited to announce that uh, in the third quarter of this year, we're going to have our, everything goes well, our first uh, game of the Winchester Mystery House um we've been working with them to secure the rights to um photos videos tours all their graphic assets to make games based on the history of the Winchester Mystery House which is a crazy story.
3: Yeah, so if you don't know about the Winchester Mystery House, it's based in San Jose. It's an amazing house that has 160 rooms and the story is that Sarah Winchester was the wife of the man who created the Winchester guns and she believed that she was haunted by all the people the guns killed. So she saw a psychic and the psychic told her that she needed to be building day and night to appease and distract the spirits. So the house kept being built on room after room day and night there's stairways that go to nowhere there's a door on the second floor that opens just to the outside there's spider web windows there's the number 13 repeating itself over and over there's hit, like there's hidden rooms they have stories about like the ghost it's one of the most haunted places in the US so the like the docents of the museum have stories about ghosts and just crazy things. So it's such a fun story to jump into. So we're gonna be doing digital games for that. Kind of like our Bewitched Circus game that's online as well as the Map Heist that's online. Um, So we'll be releasing hopefully one this year and then next year as well. But we're super excited to do it. Um, It's just gonna be a really fun game and, it's such a rich history already that we get to work with and yeah. such a cool story such a cool story
0: and the rooms already have like there's so many things about the house that's <laughs> the house that's already fantastic like the rooms that have names like the hall of fires and
3: uh, or the uh, witch's cap the witch's cap
0: yeah <laughs> which is the attic at the top it's, oh, it's like so and, good yeah it's great
3: so good so we're super excited to um create for them and then uh we have sooner than that is um fairy, fairy Tale files is coming coming. coming out. So it will be releasing one every quarter for the year. Uh, So Cinderella is coming up first. And of course, it's going to ship out to our Kickstarter people first. uh, And then we'll have it for sale for anyone who didn't get a chance to back it on Kickstarter. And uh, and then we have more society, we're going to be going into our second season in a couple months. So um, just more turns and plot, plot changes. Uh, We're we're putting out the end of the first season next month, and it's a fun ending. Kind of yes. ties everything together from the first season, so we're excited for that. Uh, anything else?
0: Uh, no, that's it. That's that's a lot. Oh, that's a lot.
3: <laughs> that's a lot. And I have other game designs. Like I think you hear all the creators say this that we have so many things we want to do. Uh, we also like Angela from Soup uh, and Ace and Anna from Bluefish. Um, we did a Secret Santa. And it was a really fun one, and I would love to release it, but uh, right now there's just no time for it. So it's on the back burner, ruminating. I will
0: not allow it.
3: (laughs) No time. He's a little more practical. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, just tons of ideas for just writing things down right now.
2: (laughs) What other games are you all playing right now that listeners should check
0: out? Right now, uh, we are in the middle of... um... The VOC Treasure by Modern Treasure Hunt, the one from the Netherlands, and we just got
3: their newest the game too. The Mysteries of Alchemy. So that was a fun one. Like I'm excited about that because we got to play test his earlier versions, and so I'm really loving it. I love that with his Kickstarter, he had a digital option as well as a paper based option. So that if you're someone like us, like we don't keep any stuff because it molds where we live. We're in like this jungly, foggy area. So paper is just like a no-no. So I love that we can get his game digitally and it's like alchemy based. So he basically dug in like alchemical manuscripts and illustrations and he turned them into puzzles. And so what I'm loving about it is just his, his creativity in the puzzles. Uh, it's things that we have not seen before so that's fun yeah
0: his style it feels like very meticulously put together mm-hmm. you can almost like see him like putting the puzzles <laughs> together with like white cotton gloves and little like, <laughs> paper pincers to put it all like perfectly together it's really it's really great
3: yeah and it, and it's accessible mm-hmm. so I'm kind of like Puzzle Light, one of the games I like to play. I, I don't love sitting on a puzzle for an hour and taking a break and thinking on it more. I kind of just like like moving. And so his puzzles are a little more difficult than I would normally do, but they're doable. So you kind of push yourself a little bit, but they're not incredibly hard.
0: Yeah, and it still feels great when you get it.
3: Yeah, definitely. So that's what we're playing right now. And then we were just talking about this earlier is that... um. I love the Friday emails from Bluefish Games. So they put out a lot of great games like um, Hink's Elevator, but every Friday they have a mailing list that you can get on and you get a free puzzle. And if you catch it right away, you can get a chance at being like the first on their list, which is an extreme honor, which I've never had. (laughs) But but it's still really fun to anticipate when the mailing might come out and try to get the puzzle and solve it as fast as possible.
2: Well, we just want to thank Society of Curiosities, Michelle and Yassine, for taking the time to send us their game to play. Yeah. For answering our questions, for letting us dig a little deeper into their psyche, into their processes. Yeah. Um, we really enjoyed this game. We're super excited to review Posey Ring and yes, other games in the excited. future. Yes, very much excited. What we will probably do is uh, have a year-end review where we review the other three games from their first year of productions. hmm which will be a lot of fun and probably a lot of material to cover. Um, But thank you once again. Uh, If you're interested in picking up their game, which we highly recommend, you can head over to Mm societyofcuriosities.com. We'll put a link in the show notes for that. And uh, that's going to wrap us up for today. If you are enjoying what you're hearing through the airwaves, please subscribe to us or put us on a consistent download schedule. Please. That would mean the world to us. And as always, if you want to drop us a line, you can hit us up on our social media. It's just at Puzzling Company on Instagram or Puzzling Company on Facebook. Zach, it has been a pleasure. Always again. a pleasure. And uh, what are we diving into next week?
1: Ooh, next week we are going to be talking about...
2: A surprise episode. <gasps> so traditionally what we are trying to do is have an episode out every Monday. Mm-hmm. We're going to sneak in an extra episode this week and... uh Follow us on social media if you want to know what it is. Yes. Till next time, this is Jared. This is Zach. Goodbye, guys. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Puzzling Company and online at puzzlingcompany.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep puzzling.